two weeks ago, uh, something very sad happened in our community. Uh, two teens uh, committed suicide. Uh, they were in the Crystal Lake District, one at uh, Central and one at South. And the principal asked if we would come in. In fact, the superintendent uh, asked, you know, several pastors to come in. And so we came in and just to, you know, talk with them and encourage them. And uh, so we had a beautiful chance just to sit there and listen to, you know, what they had been through with all the crisis management and things of that nature. And then we had a wonderful time to pray with them. We also met other staff and talked with them. Then we went up to Crystal Lake Central, and we did the same thing. We met with the principal or the vice principal, and uh, we also met with other staff. And um, it was a beautiful way to be able to, you know, touch our community and to encourage uh, our wonderful teachers and uh, all those administration that uh, serve our children so much. It's funny, one of the guys, after he got done praying for him, he said, I've never had that happen in my, my own career. I've never had that happen in my whole career. <laughs> I just love that line. And there was another guy who was a Christ follower. And, you know, this type of thing really rocks a high school because it brings up all the questions. Why? Why? Why does person take their life? Why did God allow it? Uh, you know, how do I handle this? I mean, they're teenagers. They're so growing. And grief is difficult. And uh, really, two of the, the two students who uh, died uh, were mainly involved at Crystal Lake South. So there was really a, they had a prayer vigil on the soccer field. But that's when you know kids uh, meet a fatality. They meet the end, one might say, and realize, hey, life doesn't go on forever, but also, why would someone do that? And, and the person who is a Christ follower said, all these kids are coming up and asking me the right questions, but I can't answer them, because I can't do that. Isn't that sad? That's sad. Well, I'm a little thankful for Justin Searles, our youth pastor, who does an incredible job. Uh, with our kids, uh, such a gifted youth pastor, and uh, we encourage the principals, hey, you know, I'm going to get involved in a youth group somewhere. <laughs> the best support groups around. Well, friends, you know what the great news is from this? Is that we have the answer. We have the answer. And the answer is found in Jesus Christ. When you, once you find Jesus Christ, everything starts to make a whole lot more sense. Why you're here on the earth, uh, what's going to happen when you die, uh, why do we have suffering in this world, and then also the, the energy and the wisdom to, just to get through every day. I mean, being ambassadors of the gospel is our main job. In fact, I like to think of our church as a rescue and restoration team. A rescue and restoration team. It was so fun to hear, Rich. Five people came to Christ just a half hour ago. <laughs> Incredible. Now that's the rescue part, right? God allowed us to be used to share the gospel with them, and they've been rescued from an eternity 
a suffering. Now the restoration process begins, and that's what we call discipleship, when a person has been changed from the inside out by Jesus, and now they just need to be discipled. They need to be taught how to lean on Jesus and what are the responsibilities of a Christ follower and so many things that we teach here on a regular basis in all our ministries. Well, I just want to encourage you guys to be bold. To be bold. As you look throughout uh, the book of Acts, you'll see that. That they prayed for boldness. Sometimes we can you know, kind of step back and say, well, I don't know if I want to you know, get into that conversation with somebody or give them a card about Easter because it might be awkward. Well, friends, if that's you, I understand. I totally understand. But what you need to pray is for boldness. Boldness for Jesus Christ. This invitation that you give someone is the most important invitation they will ever receive in their life. Okay? And all you have to do is deliver it. You just go to whoever you'd like to bring along and say, hey, hey, would you like to come out for Easter? It's a natural invite. You know, people are supposed to go to church on Easter. And what I've done here is I put a sticky note, or others have put sticky notes on this card. And what I'd like you to do as we go through this service is think about, again, who you are going to invite. Remember, we have the 4 by 4 going. Uh, we've picked out four families or individuals, and we're praying them four minutes a day for four weeks. Well, we're two weeks into it, two weeks to Easter. If you weren't a part of that uh, message, uh, you can pick up the yellow insert where you can list the names and uh, start praying uh, for them. So what I want you to do is I want you to think about, you know, who am I going to give this to? And I want you to take a risk. Alright? You're a child of God. You're a representative of the answer. Take a risk. Invite someone. They probably won't come. Right? I mean, if they're way away from Christ. But they might. You never know. But even if you think, oh, they'd never come, invite them anyway. Invite them anyway. This is a Holy Spirit-empowered card. We're not doing a mailing this year, uh, so uh, we're advertising in this way. We're just telling people, hey, we'd love to have you. On the back is our James series that we're starting, Wisdom for Life, after Easter. Uh, And so you can invite them to that. So the thing is, you invite somebody out to Easter, and if they say no, I say, oh, well, you you can go out to this series. All right? We'd love to have you. Or, here's another thing you can do. You can take these cards and you can put them up in stores on bulletin boards or wherever they post these type of things. And uh, I really encourage you to do that because that is great advertising. Okay? Uh, Will you be willing to do that? How many would be willing to do that? Raise your hand high. Okay. It's certain personalities will be able to do that. (laughs) Others are saying, what are you talking about? I understand that too. But the point is, is we've got extra cards uh, out uh, in the lobby. If somebody could check that we have extra cards out there right now, uh, just to make sure that people can access them, uh, we'll have them on our ministry counter. And uh, we just need to pray over these cards. We need to pray over Easter. I would, com- I would just ask each of you to pray every day 
that God would change lives just like he did, that we would be rescuing more and more people because that's God's desire for us. And then restore them through discipleship to the image of God, to help them grow in holiness. I want you to look at this graph. This is a demographic bar graph of where people state they are spiritually in McHenry County. Now, first of all, you have evangelical Protestant. That is our church. Now, some Protestant churches are not evangelical. They don't teach, you know, grace by faith alone. Or, yeah, grace by faith alone, no works. Uh, so it depends. You, don't, you never know. But, you know, like Willow and Harvest and all the great churches we have around here, uh, we know they're evangelical. They believe like we do about salvation especially. So 22,000 people, that's us. Now, Catholics, there's 108,000 people that identify themselves uh, with the Catholic Church, and I've known many uh, wonderful Christ followers in the Catholic Church. Uh, At the same time, their formal doctrine teaches that you have to continue to do good works to get into heaven. So that's not, that's work-based salvation. That's not what the Bible teaches. And so many of them, of course, don't know the Lord because uh, they're going about it the wrong way. Now, other would be other uh, churches. And then people who said, I have nothing to do with church, 143,000 people. 143,000 people need the Lord. Okay? Then you drive around and you see churches and, oh, we've got too many churches sometimes. People say in areas, you never have too many churches. You have to have the right kind of churches. You have to have churches that have the rescue and restoration mission. And many churches don't have that kind of mission. Saying, Let us take care of ourselves and protect ourselves from this culture. <laughs> you know, the country club mentality, you know, uh, the... Uh, Protect ourselves. Uh, no, 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 no. We are to go out in the culture and we're to rescue people and then restore them to what God originally created them uh, to be. Well, let's look at Ephesians 2, 8, and 10. Ephesians 2, 8, and 10. We're getting back into our first Peter study, but we're not necessarily going to spend a lot of time there. Because, uh, you're out of the room. Thank you, dearest. Uh, uh, we're, we're going to study just two verses. First Peter, uh, chapter four, verses ten and eleven. But it's all about spiritual gifts and who God designed you to be. So we're going to be all over the place. All right. Ephesians two eight to ten. Now we're very familiar with this. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and it's not on your own doing. It's a gift of God, not as a result of works so that no one may boast. So that's a verse we commonly share with people who are searching after God. But many times we, get, we forget verse 10. What does verse 10 tell us? For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we may walk in him. And whenever you're witnessing Always read that last verse. Okay, he's going to save you from an eternity of suffering. 
But this is what He's going to do in your life. When you give your life to Jesus, your whole life is transformed. Your whole mission on earth here is transformed. It's no longer to pursue pleasures. and uh, It's to pursue God. And it's to rescue and restore. So it doesn't matter what job you do. You're working for Jesus Christ. You're not working for the, the boss that you have. You're working for Jesus Christ. And that's why it takes supernatural <laughs> energy to be able to, you know, submit sometimes uh, to difficult people. But God calls us to do it because our number one mission is to glorify God and tell people what He's done for them and what kind of relationship He wants. And then you go on and say, okay, you just became a Christ follower. Now, let's say we have those five people that just became Christ followers. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are His workmanship. What do you think about when you think of workmanship? Think about Chris Kubaki. I know there's others in our congregation, but uh, he's a real craftsman. Uh, really knows how to create beautiful things out of wood. I was over there, and uh, he's just pointing out the pieces of furniture uh, that he made. And I'm like, wow! Don't let my wife over here. <laughs> I couldn't do that. That's a gift of craftsmanship. But the idea that that's the way God created you, you know, it wasn't just a factory line. It's the fact that He thought of you thousands of years ago. And He knew that you would be here today. He knew that you would be uh, a member at this church. He knew that. He knew exactly who was in the beer, obviously. And He said to the church, to us, that He's going to provide for us. That He's going to come through. So friends, when we, when we think about becoming a Christ follower, you know, we think about being a puzzle piece. Okay? Jigsaw piece. How many love jigsaw puzzles? How many have done the whole jigsaw puzzle and one piece was missing? Anybody had that experience? How many went out and bought the puzzle again? Just to get that one. These are hard. I want you to raise your hand real high. My wife. Oh, I hate jigsaw, but she loves it. And uh, yeah, sense. Oh, you don't. Are you doing it for the kids? Oh, that's that's like you, honey. <laughs> but the point is that we're all part of the puzzle, and God has created you so uniquely, and He did this thousands of years ago. He made you who you are. He placed experiences in your life. He gave you abilities. He gave you uh, spiritual gifts when you became a Christian. So now those five people, their whole life has changed. They're not living for themselves anymore. They're living for Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is Lord of their lives. And every morning when they wake up, they say, I'm going to work for the Lord today. And I'm going to be open to whatever He sends me. But, But what's really helpful, though, is that if we can kind of discover how He has particularly designed us, we can fit better into the puzzle and meet specific needs. And spiritual gifts are a big part of that. In 1 Peter 4.10, going back to 1 Peter, as each has received a gift, 
use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So, those five people just received the spiritual gift. Alright? Boom! Just like that. Comes with a package. Alright? They received a supernatural ability to do something to help people in the body of Christ. That is just tremendous. So we all receive gifts. Typically we receive a mix of gifts, you know, like two or three in, one stronger and one's, you know, not as strong. But, I mean, it's all there. Uh, we have a primary gift and that type of thing. But what are we to do with this gift? What do we do with the gift of service? What do we do with the gift of helps? What do we do with the gift of administration? Well, to serve one another. And the word serve there means, in the original language, to wait on tables. Oh, doesn't everybody love to wait on tables? <laughs> How many former, current uh, waiters or waitresses do we have here? Oh, God bless you. Uh, you know, Wesley, when he worked at Chili's, came home and told us some stories of how people acted and just, they're jerks. <laughs> some people are just jerks. And you work in the retail business, you know that. Because it's really transference. They're taking all the anger they have in your life and they're loading it on you because you're somebody that doesn't know them. and uh, It's tough. And that's the nature of the Christian life. We're serving people. And it's tough sometimes. They disappoint us. They don't come through. You know, we, we walk with them for a couple of years in discipleship and then they just take off. But we just keep on serving because God's in control, right? As good stewards, you don't own your gift. It doesn't belong to you. For example, I have a teaching gift and uh, I'm just using it for the Lord, and if somebody comes up and says, Dan, I really appreciate your preaching, I'll say thank you very much. You always want to say thank you to encouragement. Okay, that's a gift. And somebody encourages you. But then I say, just use my gift, just like you, just like anybody else in this church. You know, what I'm doing right now is just as important what's happening back in Kid City, where many people are leading kids in small groups. It's just a gift. So you can't be proudful about it. You can be, but uh, you shouldn't be because you can take that gift away. He gave it to you, not to use for yourself, but to build up the body of Christ. And I love this. As good stewards of God's very grace. Uh, I love the word grace. You know, that God gives us things that we don't deserve. He gives us everything. <laughs> you know, he adopts us as his children. And uh, the way this works is, is that one of the main ways he gives you grace is through other people. All right? So all of you have gifts, and if you're involved in ministry and engaged in helping people, all right, you are giving grace to other people. You're a vehicle of God's grace. God's power is flowing through you as you teach, as you mop the bathroom, as you cut the lawn, as you work in Awana. God's grace is being poured out on our ministry and individuals. Isn't that cool? 
I, I just I get so excited about that because wow, I mean that makes life so much more meaningful. You know, when I'm doing ministry and even when it's tough, I realize that God is using me. And what an incredible privilege to be used by God to bring encouragement uh, to people. And we have such a wonderful family here. I'm so proud of you guys about how you care for one another when somebody's suffering or in the hospital. Small groups gather around. That's why it's so important to be part of a small group because you've got a built-in network of people uh, who can support you. But I don't know about you, but I need, I need all the grace I can get. And I need new grace every morning. God promises it. I wake up. I don't want to wake up. I don't want to live this day. I'd like to stay in bed. Give me grace. Give me grace. And uh, just keep praying that way until my mood turns. <laughs> but I tell you what, friends, in my life, I've had a lot of struggles, and I could testify to the fact that God does deliver grace. I don't care what situation you're in, what trial you're going through, a relational issue, physical issue, whatever it is, God will give you grace. He might not take the issue away, but He'll give you great grace to, again, continue to manage it. You say, well, I want Him to take the issue away. Well, sometimes that's not for His glory. It's for, it's for His glory to have that issue and continue to pray for His grace every day uh, to deal with it. All right, well, let's look at the definition of a spiritual gift. A spiritual gift is a God-given ability, okay? Not natural, but supernatural. So you have to have the Holy Spirit empowering you to use your spiritual gift. To serve God and other Christians in such a way that Christ is glorified and believers are ratified. There's a key thing. The majority of the spiritual gifts are to be used in this body. And friends, that's why it's so important to be involved in a church body, to be fully engaged, coming on a weekly basis, being in a small group, involved in ministry. Because, friends, that's the main way you can give the grace away. And that's the main way that you can receive the grace. People frustrate me so much. I worship at home. And it depends on who they are. If I decide to be prophetic with them, I speak a word of prophecy, saying, Hey! <laughs> But I do challenge people. When people are walking to the store, they used to go to our church. I say, hey, how you doing? Yeah. What church are you going to? Oh, I'm not going to any church. Oh, now, wait a second. That's a real, real problem. Okay? So you got two options. Find another church or come back to Springbrook. But God wants you in church. That's the way he designed the whole Christian life. And if you're going on your own, man, you're not living in God's will. And you're not enjoying all the grace that could come to you if you just engaged, if you just really committed yourself to a body of Christ followers. All right. Uh, to serve God and Christians, again, that Christ would be glorified. Now, another helpful way to look at this is shape. Okay, there we have it. Uh, this is an acronym. Now, this puzzle piece just doesn't represent your spiritual gift. It represents everything that you are in the best sense. How God has specifically designed you. It's got the spiritual gifts, but it also has passions, heart passions that God has given you for certain groups of people. 
It includes all of your abilities that you have. That's part of the, the puzzle piece. And it also includes all your experiences. In fact, I was talking uh, with a... Uh, I think it was a woman uh, who had lost her husband. And uh, just recently she got into a relationship with another woman who had just lost her husband. Uh, that's grace. That's grace, right? God comforts us, so what? We can comfort other people. All right, so that's the puzzle piece, but let's look at the spiritual gifts. Now, I don't have a lot of time to talk about this. Uh, you can go online and just type in spiritual gifts list. You've got to be careful what you're looking at, but uh, you'll pick up some good stuff. Now, I've been given the gift of teaching, all right? And uh, I love to teach. And that's the thing about your spiritual gift. You just love to do it. You love to serve. You love to administrate. It's just your sweet spot. So, I've been given this gift of teaching. And the thing is, there's a lot of people in this church who have been given the gift of teaching. I'm using it here. People are using it back in Kid City, Iwana, the youth group. Everywhere teaching is going on. So, again, you've got to remember with all the spiritual gifts, they can be used in different ministries. It's really more about your design. It's very helpful to understand your spiritual gift. But to realize that you are a critical part of this rescue and restoration mission. And that you need to be active. Because that's your responsibility. God said, hey, yeah, if you want to help me out there down on earth, that's okay. If you want to or not, you know, you're going to... No, he didn't say that. He says, I saved you to put you to work. I saved you to rescue people. I saved you to restore people. And friends, if you're not doing those things, well, you're not in the puzzle. Sometimes I sit in my office and scratch my head and say, why don't we have more volunteers for that? Because we're missing a piece. We're missing you. We're missing you being involved in ministry. We're missing you being involved in a small group. We miss you every time you're not here on a Sunday morning. Because we are a team, and a team needs to focus on God every week to recalibrate our souls. Friends, be a member. Become a member of our church. I'm having a membership class right after the service. I'm going to feed you lunch. And then I'll tell you about membership. Okay? Big chocolate chip cookies. You know? I'll let you have some of my Diet Pepsi if you'd like. But yeah, I mean, some of you have not become members. I know baptism is sometime an issue. But if you are still struggling with that, you know, just keep struggling with it. And, uh, if, I mean, to be a, a certain level of leader in our church, you know, people need to be members. Because they have to officially agree that they believe what we believe. Otherwise, you know, we, we don't know. They also have to do that to submit to leadership. I mean, you're part of the body and there's spiritual authority. And that's part of membership. And then you make your commitments uh, to be fully engaged in the church. And uh, one of them is giving, but again, it doesn't have to be 10%. I've heard that recently. <laughs> Give with the Lord leads you to give. That should not keep you from membership. Of course, you're, you want to grow in that way. But I'm just asking 
All of you people who have been here for two, three, four, five years, become a member. We are a team. We are a rescue and restoration team. Oh, I don't know about membership, though. What do you mean you don't know about membership? Give me a break. You pay for memberships other places. And you say you do not want to become a part of the restoration team here at Springbrook? Well, I'm doing everything anyway. Well, then, come on. Say it. Declare it. Say, I'm committed. That's what you say when you're a member. I am committed. God has called me to this church. He said, uh, uh, Jim, you know, whoever the person's name might be, God has put me here for a purpose. To fill out this puzzle. And I will submit to leadership. And I will, I will be fully engaged, as it says in the New Testament. Because again, if you don't become a member, there's always kind of that feeling like, well, are you really committed? Uh, you know, I mean, that's the way it is with any organization, right? I mean, oh, well, it's not in the Bible. Well, it's our culture, though, right? Back in that culture, they didn't have uh, those type of things. Uh, but this culture, it's all about membership. It, it, your life is what you're committed to. And when you sign and say, yes, I believe in these doctrines, I have faith in this church. This is where God wants me to be. And whether, you know, it goes really well at times, really bad at times, I'm going to stay, right? You can't leave your family, right? <laughs> well, I just encourage you to do that. Join me after lunch. I'd love to spend time with you. All right. Uh, we have a membership class coming up. Uh, no, we have... Uh, we have a baptism class coming up, if that's an issue. And if you, have a, if you were baptized as a baby and you don't understand all that, please talk to us because uh, it's such a beautiful thing to be baptized by immersion. Well, let's continue to look at the list. Uh, administration. Oh, well, every ministry needs somebody with a gift of administration. Now, again, uh, if, you have, if you're a teacher, that's your career, uh, when you become a Christian, you, you move up a level in terms of spiritual teaching. I mean, you, you're going to be the most awesome teacher, but not have the spiritual, uh, spiritual gift of teaching. So just remember that. Usually they go together, uh, but you can't assume it. Administration, same type of thing. You know, If you have a, a supernatural gift that makes you... Just a, a, a person who just looks at a mess and puts it together. <laughs> You've got that gift. You know how you discover your spiritual gift? You listen to people. Right? Whenever, when it, when, whenever anybody says to you, you're really good at that. Boy, you did a great job leading those kids. Man, you really know how to work with junior and senior hires. Boy, you are so helpful around this church with our building. That's when you know. People are seeing your spiritual gift showing, and that's what you want to show, right? That's what you want to show. All right, then we have hospitality. Oh, I tell you, so many hospitable people in our church uh, that open their homes for small groups, and people just have people over. Remember one guy, John Straley, for a string of time, he just had a different couple over every Sunday, and they prepare a great meal for them. Now, they have the gift of hospitality. And of course, just as we greet people as they come into our church, uh, that's hospitality as well. Then there's mercy. And mercy and compassion are closely related. 
But mercy is a little more distinct in terms of ministering to one person in distress. Then we have the gift of evangelism. Just a supernatural desire, a, a way of just being able to explain the gospel to people. Now, again, we're all supposed to evangelize, right? People with the spiritual gift of maybe evangelism are to develop it and work at it and teach other people. Okay, don't practice gift projection. Sometimes you think, I have to get to prayer. Why don't more people pray? Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> you got to realize in that gift theory, God has given you a supernatural charge. And you want to do it. And you think everybody else should do it. Well, they can't do it to the extent you do it, but you can encourage them in that way. And of course, we have leadership. Spiritual leadership. We need leaders. Many people have stepped up and say, I'll take that responsibility. I'll put that in my schedule because it's my main job. You know? I'm part of this rescue and restoration team of God. Uh, craftsmanship. That's the ability, again, to uh, make things, put things together, woodwork, uh, whatever the case might be. There's also another a spiritual gift of uh, creative uh, communication, so like artists and things of that nature. This is not a complete list. Uh, go on the web, again, if you want to see a complete list. But uh, faith, boy, I love to be around people of faith, right? Yeah, because they always see the best in things. They really do. And they can really help any particular ministry. Words of wisdom, that's people who just really have insights into life. They understand life. And, uh, of course, from a biblical viewpoint. Encouragement is exhortation. That means basically encouraging someone, comforting them, helping them, but also challenging them to uh, change their behavior. And we have uh, service. Now, this is confusing. Service and helps. These get confused. A person with a gift of service just wants to help out. Now they, I don't care what I do. Just let me add it. If a person's needed, I'm the one. Okay, that's the gift of service. And the gift of helps is more of a particular gift where you come alongside someone, similar to the gift of... Uh, let's see, what other gifts do we have here? Um, or whatever. Uh, but it's the idea of coming along some side alongside somebody and helping them individually. Okay? So how do you get to know your spiritual gifts? Well, you listen to what others say. Right? And then you take a spiritual gift class. In fact, we got a fantastic spiritual gift class here at Springbrook. Uh, Pastor Rich leads it. In fact, it's going to be starting. If you look at your gray sheet, if you can all take that out, look at your gray sheet. And uh, starting the week of April 13th. Now, he's, he's going to take interest. Be sure to, first of all, put your name on this card. We forgot to put the name on it, so that doesn't really help. <laughs> put your name and your email and your phone. But uh, we're going to have that spiritual gift class, and it's going to start the week of the 13th, and they're just going to work out a day that works best for everyone. But it's a three-week class. I think it goes from 7 to 8.30 but man, I tell you, people who have been walking with the Lord for a long time have gone to that class and it has jazzed them again about spiritual gifts and about using their 
spiritual gift. Now, this is our first serve ministry opportunities because we want to help you to get involved in ministry and using your gift. And the idea of a first serve is you just do it once. You help in Kids of the City once. You help in Awana once. Uh, you help with production once. And you see if you like it or not. And if you don't, well, then, of course, you know, you shouldn't be there. <laughs> Find another place. Now, everybody in ministry should have a primary uh, ministry and a secondary ministry. The primary ministry is where your sweet spot is, you know, where that's where you practice your gift. And the secondary ministry is because it just has to be done. Like Kid City. Now, we want, don't want to take the attitude, oh, it just has to be done. It's a very important thing to do. But friends, we need more small group leaders back in Kids City. And if you love kids, man, you will... That's the thing. When you use your spiritual gift, it's just a wonderful experience. So, man, two areas. First impressions, like greeters. We need a lot more greeters as Easter approach. And that way you're able to be in the service. And that's a great first step, one might say. And then another area is uh, let's our decor team. Our decor team, uh, you know, different people have stepped off, whatever. Uh, we need a lot of people for our decor team to work out, you know, if you love to decorate, man, come on. you got the gift. <laughs> Artistic gift. And uh, to do things with our setup here and do things around the church. Uh, check that off. And what will happen is uh, Laura Schweber, uh, our connections person, will give you a call and tell you what it's about, answer any of your questions, you know, you're not making a commitment to it, and see if it will work out for you. But you look at all of these, Awana, administration, office administration, that's another one. Uh, we care for people, so we track people very carefully. We send you emails if we haven't seen you to see if you're all right. And, you know, we, we care about you, but that takes a lot of administration. So if you're willing to come, to come in uh, you know, just two hours a week, well, that would be great. And just do uh, some work for us. So we're going to collect these, okay, in a moment. Now, uh, if you're ready to roll, you can drop it in the basket. And I would encourage you to do that because if you don't do it, you probably won't do it. Uh, but if you really want to take it home and pray about it. But the, the point of all of this is to remind us that we're a rescue and restoration team and everybody, God, everybody here God has given. Regular attenders, God has given you to this church. You are meant to be here. And if you're not doing anything, you're missing from the puzzle. And that makes everybody's work harder. And you're missing out on the joy of using uh, your spiritual shape, your spiritual gifts uh, to bless other people. Let's look at uh, 1 Timothy 4.14. Timothy writes, Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of the elders laid hands on you. That kind of sums it up, doesn't it? Don't neglect it. It's easy to neglect. I've, I've neglected mine sometimes. It's so busy. But again, you have to steward that gift. God has given and He's going to ask you, how did you use that gift? What gift? What do you mean, what gift? Didn't you find out what your gift was? 
<laughs> yeah. So, um, 1 Peter 4.11, whoever, this is back to Peter again, whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God, truths of God, whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies. I mean, the Holy Spirit is the one who powers you. Uh, you always need to be walking with Him. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to Him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. And say it with me. Amen. So be it. I tell you, friends, when you come out to, to gatherings like this, small groups, you're always reminded about who you are in Christ and what you need to be doing. Because the world so easily carries us away and distracts us. And that's what Satan loves the most, is distracted uh, Christians. Well, let's have our ushers come forward this time. And you can drop your first serve in the bulletin. Dear Heavenly Father, ah, oh, thank you for the joy of a spiritual gift. I just reflect on my life and how much I have enjoyed using the gifts you've given me. How much I enjoy ministry. How much I enjoy helping people. Oh, Lord. It's just fun. Most of the time. <laughs> Lord, thank you that we can be patient with each other as we go through difficulties. And Lord, I just pray that you would move in the hearts of our people today. I pray, first of all, that they would be bold. And that they would give an invitation to somebody they thought they never would give an invitation to. And if they, you do that, let me know. I'd like to hear the story. And secondly, Lord, uh, discover our shape, where we fit in the puzzle. Uh, again, this is not a guilt trip type of thing. Maybe this is the first time they've heard this, or maybe they've drifted. Again, if they need to repent, uh, that's fine, you know. Confess your sins, but then get back in the game. We need you. You need us. You chose us before time began to be here at Springbrook and to live out our life. In Christ's name, amen.